I work with CEOs, I work with members of Congress, like professionals. They do not like to be on video either. But you have to cut through that because if you want to get people to hear your message, you have to put yourself out there. And hiding from the camera means hiding from clients. This is the Launch Your Business podcast because we know starting a business is challenging, but it doesn't have to be confusing. Each week, we'll give you the tactical advice and the necessary tools to scale your business without feeling burnt out. I'm Terry Rice, business development consultant and staff writer here at Entrepreneur Magazine. Let's dive in. Kim, how's it going today? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to have you here. And we've known each other for years. I think we met when I was teaching a class at General Assembly, perhaps, like maybe five, yeah. six years ago. Yep. Your digital marketing class. I remember it. How was the class? It was excellent. That's why we're still friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm messing with you. But um, but yeah, I'm glad we've kept in touch over the years and it's it's been a great, great friendship. But let's uh let's let's get started here. So just tell us about yourself and then we'll we'll hop into an intriguing conversation after that. <laughs> um, hi everyone. I'm Kim Rickberg. I help professionals become thought leaders and businesses become brands through video and podcasts. And what that means is I help you get more credibility, visibility, leads, and revenue, because that's what it's all about, revenue. Um, my career started in TV. I spent uh, the first about 10 years as a national TV news producer, writing and directing and understanding how to craft like the perfect pitch that gets a journalist's attention, because I was the journalist. And then I shifted into digital video and social media. I launched the video unit for Us Weekly Celebrity Magazine. And even if you're not into celebrities, I did what everyone has to do now, which is turn an empty conference room into a content studio. So I oversaw the creative and the operations and I was there and I helped lead up to its $100 million sale. And I briefly worked at Netflix and Pop Sugar, but then I launched my business and here I am on Launch Your Business. Uh, I launched my business and that is what I do where, where I help, um, like I said, professionals become thought leaders and businesses become brands specifically through content. Like that is my area of expertise is videos and podcasts. And I host the exit interview with Kim Rittberg, a top 1% podcast. Awesome. So, Kim, what is your operational definition of a thought leader? So when I think of a thought leader, it means someone that is out in your sphere, in your professional sphere that you trust, that intrinsically has that credibility, the validation, and that people believe in, trust, and want to work with. And I think that thought leadership can be built up through a lot of different ways. But I think it's that sort of subconscious or conscious understanding that this is a person I believe in and will invest in. Yeah. So some of our listeners are thinking that all sounds great, but I don't have a bunch of credentials or a degree or I didn't write a book about this stuff. And when I hear the term thought leader, I think sometimes I think some people think you have to have all this stuff. I disagree. And, and I'll tell you why. The book uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear, right? Best-selling book about habit formation, so on and so forth. You can say he's a thought leader, but if you look at the book, it's 300 pages long and 25 pages of that are citations. So the thoughts he's leading with came with, from somebody else, right? He's distilling it and sharing it. And I'm bringing this up because I want to just democratize access to to being a thought leader for people who feel like maybe they don't feel like they've done enough <laughs> to, to be considered a thought leader. Yeah, I think that's such a great question. I think that what we're really talking about is if you have a business and if you have a company, you want to be seen as on a, a different level, a higher plane than other people. But that doesn't mean that you need to be the number one person in X, Y, and Z 
It just means you need to be elevated and amplified. So you need to be raising your profile and getting your message in more places. It doesn't necessarily mean you need that PhD from Harvard and you need that eight figure business. That is not what it means, but it does mean you like really believe in your message. You have some sort of credibility. I think you can't write a book about nuclear physics and your background is in baking cookies. Like that's not a match, but I think past that, pers- that past that part. And I like that you asked that because so much of what holds people back, so much of what I see holds my clients back is the idea that they don't believe that they deserve that, that they're not mm-hmm. sure that they should be on those stages and that they should be out there in that way. But the answer is they should be, you should be. So have you ever felt that way where you're like asked to speak at an event or get on a podcast or whatever? And you're like, oh shoot, I'm not, I'm not qualified. And if so, how did you push through that? I like to share this point. I am a video and TV expert. And by that expert, I just mean I've been doing it for 15 years. I was an executive. I got big national companies. But when it came for me to be putting myself out there as a quote unquote thought leader, it took me a really long time. So I had the same exact imposter syndrome as everyone else. Um, And in fact, one of the biggest things that holds people back is that self-consciousness. Everyone hates the sound of their own voice. No one likes watching themselves on video. That's a fact. Even like I work with CEOs, I work with members of Congress, like professionals. They do not like to be on video either. Mm -hmm. But you have to cut through that because if you want to get people to hear your message, you have to put yourself out there. And hiding from the camera means hiding from clients. So for me, I had that realization. I'm like, well, I don't have a salary anymore. I'm not a media executive. I'm a person running a business. And if I don't put myself out there, how is anyone going to know about me? So I had that same imposter syndrome, but since showing up on social video and then since launching my podcast, which took me a year to green light, even though I'm an expert in video and podcasts. So I had those same insecurities and same questions, but since I've been doing it on the past year, basically my speaking engagements has just gone through the roof. My inbound leads, my revenue, everything is growing because I'm showing up and to your point, I felt that way too. Like, who am I? What, what, like, why do I deserve to be out there? Who wants to hear from me? What, what should I talk about? Yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, you see some like celebrities or well-known influencers post like their first social media video they ever did or whatever. I found the first social media that I ever posted. It was actually, actually five years ago uh, on my phone. I was like really happy to find it. And uh, it, 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 it sucked. It was real bad. It was horrible. Like I looked scared and angry at the same time. And it's fun to see the progression where now I just look angry. No, I'm joking. Um, (laughs) when when I'm doing it, but so just getting started really is the most important part. But, uh, as we were talking before, you have this three-step process to becoming a a thought leader through podcasting and through video. So I'd love to jump into that because I think we can give some real tactic level next steps on how people can do so. Yeah. Awesome. The very first step to being a thought leader is to feeling the very first step to becoming a thought leader is feeling confident that you should be a thought leader until you really get through the imposter syndrome and the nagging insecurity and self-consciousness. It's hard to take those next steps. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to do that deep inner work to say, I believe I'm worth it. Look in the mirror, you know, Stuart Smalley from SNL in the nineties, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough and doggone it. People like me, but Mm -hmm. you have to really believe that, you deserve to have a bigger platform or just be really focused on the fact that I'm doing this for my business. Like I wasn't like, oh, I really want to be a thought leader. I was like, 
I want to get clients. <laughs> and to get clients, I have to be out there. You know, hiding from the camera is hiding from clients. And I started to really process that and just push myself forward. So the number one thing is get your confidence that you need to be out there and get your messaging tight. Like, what is your unique selling point? How are you different from all the other people or products out there? And you have to really have that clear so that then when you go out and you blast your message everywhere, it's really tight. Yeah. My um my path to showing up on video was a little different. It wasn't me developing the confidence. It was me just realizing if I don't do this, I can't feed my family. So it was more of that realization. And I remember one time I was on LinkedIn and I saw this guy who had a video of him speaking, or maybe it was just a picture, but on his slides, it said something to the, something to the effect of, Companies that use the internet will grow faster than companies that don't use the internet. And this was like maybe six years ago. So the internet has been around for a while <laughs> at that point, but it got all these like likes and shares and comments. And I'm like, this dude's not dropping knowledge right now. Like how, how is this getting accolades? And I was like, but that guy's beating me because he's the one who's out there talking about stuff and I'm not. So I wasn't really as confident as I could have been. I was just more frustrated and I was like, Hell, there's never been an easier way to grow your brand and your revenue than right now. And this guy's doing it saying, use the internet to grow your business. <laughs> so I have I have other thoughts. I maybe I'm not a thought leader yet, but I got deeper thoughts than that. Yeah, I need to follow that guy. He's really a, quite a thought leader. Um, I, yeah, you, you know, as we were talking about self-consciousness before, I think you're totally right that the desire to gain clients and the desire to grow your business and the desire to have money in the bank to feed yourself and your family yeah. is really strong. And you have to make that be so strong that it outweighs your self-consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a part of it. And one tip I give people that are really feeling nervous or uncomfortable to go on camera or to be a guest on a podcast or to public speak is to shift your mindset. Mm -hmm. So you can go from supermodel mode to teacher mode. Mm -hmm. So a lot of us are in our own heads and we're thinking about how we look, how we sound, what we're going to look like on video. So you have to shift out of supermodel mode and into teacher mode. And teacher mode is when you're just focused on the message and you're focused on delivering a message, delivering education, delivering value. And I think that's the quickest way to say, it doesn't really matter if I'm slightly scared or angry in this video, people are going to get value out of my message. My first videos were terrible. I was like a little frozen in the headlights. Again, I am someone who's been trained. I train people. I work <laughs> yeah. to TV. I know the rules, but I was rusty. And you get better by practicing, but you can't you can't get good without starting, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Step two. What are we doing now? <laughs> um, you have to leverage every public moment. So basically, public can be at your local library. Public can be on a podcast. Public is anywhere that you're putting yourself. You need to maximize that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So... Um, it's about capturing content for social media later to put on your website, to add to your pitch PDF. So if a tree falls in the forest, but no one was there, did it fall? Yeah. <laughs> if you spoke at an event and you have nothing to show for it, did you speak? Maybe. Um, but you have to really leverage those moments. And people think it's like awkward. People think it's, it, it's oh, am I bragging? It's like, well, humility doesn't pay the bills. Show people what you're up to. And also, you don't need to think about it as bragging. A lot of people actually want to know what you're up to. They actually are like, oh, Terry, you're at this event. That's cool. They're not like, oh, Terry, he's so full of himself. So I think that we have to remember that sometimes we're actually just sharing with people what we're up to instead of thinking of it always as bragging, bragging, bragging. Um, so 
you have to be prepared. So anytime you're going somewhere, whether it's a small place or a large venue, have a someone it's if you don't have a budget, have someone come with you and take iPhone. If you do have a budget, get a camera crew. You know, Terry and I, we were both together at a big conference for real estate agents and we both spoke. We both had a camera person. We both took lots of photos of it because having evidence, photo, photographic and video evidence of you doing something is going to get you more clients, more speaking engagements, and it's going to feed on itself. And I have found that I went from basically being totally behind the scenes and no one had ever heard my name to in the past year getting so many speaking opportunities, so many podcast guesting opportunities. And that's because I maximize every moment. Yeah. You know, what's funny. So the the conference you're talking about, we spoke at the Berkshire Hathaway conference and I didn't know you were even you were even speaking there until they sent me your contract on accident. And I was like, <laughs> why is, why am I getting Kim's contract? Um, but yeah, we were both there and we were capturing content. I hired a videographer, you did as well. And that content is now in my speaker reel, which is helping me yeah. get more speaking gigs. But even the way that I got invited to speak there is because I was on someone else's podcast. And I know that that's the theme of our talk right now. How do you grow your brand through, brand yeah. through podcasting? Just being a guest on yes. a podcast got me a speaking engagement at Berkshire Hathaway. So I, me too, me too. So when, when I got booked for that same conference, I said to him, Oh, how did you hear of me? And he said, you know, you were on a podcast. I don't remember which one, maybe I heard it for the other person, but then I saw you. It's incredible. Yeah. It really does work. I think it's one of those things you're like, in theory, it can work. No, 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 it works. Like it's yeah. happened for me. It's happened for you. It happens for my clients all the time. Once you put yourself out there more and I get inbound leads from Instagram, from LinkedIn all the time. Like I've made at least five digits in revenue from just LinkedIn and Instagram leads, people I've never met before, not even word of mouth. Um, and so you're right. It does happen. Once you put yourself out there, it really does bring, bring leads and revenue. scaling your employees, you're scaling your marketing, you're scaling your products that you have to source. Like, all of that sometimes is not as romantic as the idea of building something new. That's Ivan Martinez, co-founder of Tula House, a local plant shop. Entrepreneurship always has its hurdles, but making sure you're controlling your business's growth at a sustainable rate is important to a business's success. Oftentimes, business owners get caught up in the idea of expanding their business and move too fast to keep up with all the changes only to see their business fail. So we're really careful as much as we like to build things is not to go too fast. I think is the biggest hurdle to get through as a, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur is when to move on or when to not, like when to scale, when to just maybe add a few more products to your site or to your store instead of creating a whole new store. Hear more from Tula House co-founder Ivan Martinez in our series, Securing Your Success at entrepreneur.com backslash Comcast Business. Securing Your Success, a series that highlights small business success stories and the importance of connectivity within entrepreneurship is sponsored by Comcast Business. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Let's let's talk more about the content you share, though, because I want to make this accessible, right? So we're saying, oh, next time you're speaking at Berkshire Hathaway, get a videographer. Not everyone can do that, right? So on my end, I like to share like the more almost embarrassing or vulnerable moments. And I'll give you two examples. One is I like to work out like that's my thing. People see me like, oh, yeah, the guy's he's doing his thing. But instead of me just showing me walking around being diesel or whatever, I showed a video where I was benching and just failed. So it's like, hey, you know, if you're not if you're not feeling, you're not trying like something that was somewhat the theme or whatever, but like yeah. humanizing myself. 
Another clip I put up was me interviewing one of my favorite authors, this woman, uh, Dory Clark, who's freaking amazing. And I was like, Dory's one of my favorite authors. She wrote my three favorite books, uh, Entrepreneurial You, Stand Out. And then as I'm talking, I forgot the name of the third book. <laughs> and she had to tell me after I hyped this woman up as my favorite author ever, she had to like tell me the name of the book. And I just made a joke about it. And I put that, 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 that blooper more or less up on LinkedIn saying, hey, watch me botch this interview. And that got so many views, so many comments, so on and so yeah. forth. So I think as you're listening, everyone, it doesn't have to be like you on a stage or you winning an award. It can be you walking down the street and saying, oh, I like this coffee shop because coffee is delicious. Like, I mean, make it a better story than that. But it doesn't have to be you being exalted in order for you to put that content out there. Yeah, absolutely. I hope Dory sent you a headshot with his like, Terry, my number one fan, sign yeah. Dory. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I do think that's a part a part of this idea of being a thought leader is, yes, presenting yourself on the stages, speaking at libraries, speaking at big stages, whatever. But also just letting people get to know you. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of us feel so, you know, weird about, oh, am I trying to be an influencer? Oh, just put yourself out there yeah. in straightforward ways, in lighter ways, in natural ways, more relatable ways. Like Terry said, like I have a video of me trying to kayak and failing. Yeah. And my text was, the hardest part is just getting started. And you see yeah. me like pushing off unsuccessfully, but then smiling and waving. And it's just like kind of silly and goofy. It did really well on social media because Again, we're speaking in those visual metaphors and we all know it's hard to do things. Like we're all a part of this entrepreneurial community where it's hard. And it's not only about the wins, it's about the losses, it's about the challenges, it's about the time when you thought you'd be great and then you couldn't get your Zoom working and you missed your speaking opportunity, you know, yeah. whatever it is. Um, I definitely agree with you on that. And one thing I meant to say earlier about, about getting your messaging tight, um, I have a free download. It's, it's how to pitch yourself in 30 seconds. One of the things about pitching both to get more speaking opportunities and just in elevator pitches in general, like for your product, for your business, is there's three things that I like to recommend you include in that pitch. A, B, C. A is your accomplishments. B is your business, like very straightforward, like what do you do? And then C, be confident. So that's especially important if you're saying it out loud. But those three elements, you know, I was pitched all the time as a journalist for 10 years. Um, and, and in the same way as a business owner, it's like you're pitching both to clients, you're pitching to press, you're pitching to podcasts, like you're pitching all the time. Mm -hmm. But the ABCs is the way to get a really succinct 30 second pitch that again can then be used to get you on these opportunities to leverage yourself, to turn yourself into a thought leader. Yeah. I'll, um, if I can add another letter. One thing that helps me actually respond to someone when they pitch me is like this personalization. So I guess P would be the letter like, hey, I listened to your podcast. I like when you talk to Kim about this. By the way, I have a similar topic you might like. So I think the ABC is perfect, but like the yeah. personalization is what makes it stand out to me more. Otherwise, it's yeah. like, well, you have a great you know, framework or whatever, but do you actually know who I am or what I talk about or what I write about? And that makes me more likely to respond when I see that personalization. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's awesome. And again, your 30 second pitch even when you have it locked, A, it's going to evolve over time, and yeah. B, it should always be adjusted for where you are. You know, if I'm standing in front of a bunch of entrepreneurs versus I'm standing in front of um, uh, service providers versus moms, like I'm going to slightly alter my pitch. But again, your core will remain the same, especially if it's a 30-second pitch, really yeah. tight, really succinct. And I laugh about the thing about um, the accomplishments. You know, we joke that, okay, I have trophies in my background in my Zoom. But including your accomplishments in your pitch is really important. I, in the past, was a journalist and we all pitch clients and sometimes we pitch the press or podcasts. A lot of people really don't have their accomplishments in a salient way. 
And it is important to tell people that because it does separate you. There's a lot of snake oil salespeople on social media. There's a lot of snake oil salespeople in the world. So if you're legitimate and you're credible and you have accomplishments to back that up, you should definitely make sure to include those. Yeah. Let's um let's go deeper on that too, because I'm imagining the person I was seven years ago. I didn't have any accomplishments that were like I didn't win an award for XYZ or whatever. Actually, to this day, I don't think I've ever won an award. Um, <laughs> like just putting myself out there. I've never won an award. I've never even been promoted at a job before. <laughs> so I mean, like <laughs> what I mean, I could say, hey, you know, I worked at Facebook and I worked at Adobe and have an MBA. So I, I think um I want people listening to realize it doesn't have to be about an award you won or a conference you spoke at. It could be at my previous job when I had a nine to five, you know, my team over exceeded our goal by 80 percent. And that's why I'm good at talking about sales stuff or whatever it is. I just want to make sure that everyone feels like this is accessible (laughs) because I'm on mine. I I wouldn't have much to talk about. And to this day, I really don't have much to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, no. Absolutely. That is a great question. And when I talk about accomplishments, they do not need to be this huge, like I won this Nobel prize. It's really the idea of like transformation or reach. So I, I gave a speech recently and one of the people, it was like more of like a round table. And someone asked me, she was kind of starting her career sort of. And she said, well, I write for this small newspaper in college. I wrote for this. I said, great. Uh, Focus on how many, how many readers that newspaper has. Focus on how many columns you wrote for that. And for someone else, it's like if you have a podcast, but you don't have a super huge listenership, that's okay. Add those all up together. Um, And I think the thing about like when you have a business, you always have growth. There's some sort of growth, even if you don't want to share your revenue or if you do, that's great. There's growth. There's transformation. There's also client wins. Like if you have just testimonials from people saying this product changed my life or you know, a person saying the work I did with you completely made my revenue grow 30%. Even though you think, oh, well, that's not my accomplishment. Of course it is. You made that happen. So I think these accomplishments don't need to be the Nobel Prize. They need to, though, be clear and they need to show like your involvement in helping someone do something bigger, like grow, expand, make money. And I think that depends on like what what product you're selling or what what service you're offering. Being specific that for that client, that's a transformation and that's an accomplishment. And by the way, having an MBA and working at Facebook, those are accomplishments. So when I took your class, I was impressed by those. So you think of them as like, oh, that's not an accomplishment. I promise you, other people do think of those as accomplishments. So I think that's the other thing is getting out of our own head and saying, I'm not a thought leader. I'm not an expert. And actually saying, we all are experts. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Like, I'm not an expert in rocket science. And I would never pretend to me. But whatever it is that you do, you are knowledgeable about, sort of look for stats or nuggets or reach or transformations or testimonials. And those are accomplishments. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for boosting my confidence. And and I and I know <laughs> I, I've accomplished, you know, a decent amount of stuff. And um, but it's interesting as I got more established in my career. I stopped talking about some of the traditional stuff like, oh, I've consulted like Walmart and and Best Buy and Delta. Like I've done all that stuff, but my legacy will be defined on how I helped individuals take more control over their financial freedom, their time freedom, their lifestyle freedom. And I'd rather help like Cynthia and Queens start a business than help Walmart sell more socks. So I think um, on my end, I've I've just kind of shifted away from like the the 
the ego driven stuff and gone yeah. more of like the impact. But that said, if I'm pitching someone, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like eagle, 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 right? I would say I spoke yeah. at South by Southwest twice and I spoke at Berkshire Hathaway featuring Kim Ritberg. You know, I, I get it. But, um, <laughs> but for anyone listening again, the goal is to say like you, you have accomplishments, you have things to brag about, even if you are brand yeah. new hell, any, anyone, any parent, especially who survived the pandemic, um, <laughs> in one piece, um, yeah. has an accomplishment. So I just want to put that out there, but all right, step three, what are we, what are we doing now? You sort of alluded to this earlier, but step three is be everywhere authentically. Mm -hmm. So you're going to identify which social platforms you're going to aim for, and you're going to show up there consistently and as yourself. And by as yourself, I mean, we all know who we are. Like, I think you, Terry and I both are funny and a little loose, if you know us, but mm -hmm. I have worked on bringing more of the real Kim because I was showing up as Kim who is like in a pantsuit. Kim does not wear pantsuits. <laughs> like, uh -huh. The real Kim took improv in her 20s and is loose and is funny. And you have to just remember who you are and show up as that person naturally and authentically. Mm -hmm. Bring in those funny stories of you failing. Like show those wins, show those losses, show the oops moments, you know, show the outtakes. Um, and to that point, being everywhere authentically, podcasts, there are 4 million podcasts, fine. Mm -hmm. It seems like, oh my God, there's 4 million podcasts. It's so crowded. Podcasts are such an amazing way to grow both your leads and your revenue, but also your thought leadership. Mm -hmm. Because when you're going on a podcast, like this very podcast right here, um, A, it's a chance to grow your audience. It's a chance to uh, get your message even clearer. Like maybe you're working on a new product or you're releasing a new product or switching your messaging a little bit. Each one is a chance to get better. Um, but you're reaching new audiences and it's the perfect way to connect with them because podcasts are so personal. You're literally inside someone's ear and you're so close and it's it long form, you know, short form content is really popular and it's a way to get more eyeballs, but long form content, if someone's listening to you for 10 minutes, 20 minutes or 30 minutes, they're really building that connection with you. Yeah. So Kim, how do we get on podcasts then? Like, what's that look like? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So the method to get on podcasts is to hire me to make you a thought leader. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> the method to get on podcasts is again, you're going to have that amazing pitch that we craft that you're, you're an amazing message that's very succinct, that makes you look amazing, that really yeah. sings. Um, and then you're going to customize it for the shows that you want to be on. And customization is key. Um, I just pitched a podcast. I knew it was a perfect fit. I had to pitch them four times. I basically had to keep shifting my pitch. They were interested, but they weren't sure that my topic was exactly right for them. I kept following up. I knew I was like, I got to get there. This is the perfect show for me. So, and because I have a podcast, I think that sort of forced me to put myself out there, but you don't need to have a podcast to mm -hmm. use podcasting to grow your business. So you can guest on a lot of podcasts and see a lot of benefits. So to Terry's point, Terry and I both were at the same conference. We both were booked for this conference from being on podcasts. I did my first keynote ever, and I use my podcast as a way to show them how I sound, what my personality is like. And that podcast episode was very similar to the theme of what I would say in the keynote. So mm -hmm. you being a guest on, on podcasts is also a way to show people what you're like. Um, and then separately, you can get clients and leads. I personally have gotten a lot of clients from a few specific podcasts. People would honestly jump just like, email me, message me, DM me that they heard me and they want to connect with me, jump on a call, see how I can work with them. So it's, again, not one of those things that you're like, in theory, it works. It works in practice. It really works. You can get clients from podcasts. I'm seeing it happen for me. I'm seeing it happen for my clients. And so when you're on that podcast, 
you want to make sure to offer up something that will let that person connect with you a free download, a way to connect with you to get a discount code or anything like that, that keeps up that relationship between those people who are now in love with you. Is your business growing even faster than you expected? For all those growing pains, Comcast Business has what you need. Their network helps run today's fastest growing companies like yours. More orders coming in? You got this. More meetings and emails happening all at once? With a network like this, it's no problem. And with gig speed Wi-Fi, you can power all your connected devices company-wide. Plus, Comcast Business delivers 99.9% network reliability, perfect for a business like yours that's growing and wants to leave nothing to chance, like security. Comcast Business will help keep you protected with advanced solutions that stop cyber threats. And if that wasn't enough, all their products and services can grow as you grow. So if you need to add more employees, it's easy. Time to open a new location? Go for it. Comcast Business has your back. No wonder they power more businesses than any other provider, all in the next generation 10G network. So is it possible to grow quickly and stay ahead of it? With the advanced connectivity, reliability, and security of Comcast Business, it's not just possible, it's happening. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. I want to give you more time to promote that thing that's going to make people fall in love with you. But um, let's go deeper because I think here's the issue with anyone who gets any kind of media exposure. They think that alone is a thing. Like I got featured in Entrepreneur. I was on this podcast and I always say like that's the start. But you have to now amplify the impact of that by sharing it with your audience. So say someone appears on a podcast and, you know, it's great. Like how do you monetize that besides sounding brilliant during the podcast? Yeah. So we talked about leveraging every moment. So every moment is um, things that you're doing in your uh, on stages, on podcasts, in your everyday life and being everywhere. So it's a mixture of those things. So you're on social media and you're leveraging those moments. So when you're on that podcast, A, like really push that connection hard on the podcast. You can get leads directly from the podcast. So I think that's one thing I really want to let people know because it's it's a really awesome business development lead if you're using it right. So separate from you have that funnel directly from the podcast. Once you're on the podcast, promote it, leverage it, put it everywhere. Um, and if you're on a really big podcast or you're featured in a big magazine like Entrepreneur, add that to your website, add that to your social media, do a blog post about it, put it in your newsletter. And a lot of times it's like, oh, well, how does that end up leading to clients? That credibility factor really does leverage you. It can lead directly to sales. There are times when it leads directly to sales. It often opens up a new relationship or cements your expertise in someone's mind as someone they want to work with or buy from. So again, you're seeing it could be a long lead. It could be someone who's going to buy from you or work with you in a year or in a month or in five years, but it does add up. So you, it's up to you to leverage it and maximize it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the most important thing. So if someone like writes about me and like entrepreneur or about a, a really great podcast, I would use that and send that to directly to people who I want to either partner with or want as clients. Like, hey, I see that you're in this industry. During my interview with entrepreneur, I talked about three ways to make this better. I'd like to share it with you. Here you go. And that alone gives you the credibility and a way to connect with someone by giving first. And yeah. I, that's the, what I would say, like, you know, if you, if you are the gift, you'll receive the gift, but if you just reach out all thirsty and desperate, people are going to tell you to buzz off. So I'm, I'm, I wanted to harp on that point because often people think the end is getting publicity when really that's like, you're more like the middle or even like the beginning. Yeah. And if you don't take the time to amplify it and even just don't feel bad repeating it, like don't feel bad, like posting the same thing. 
you know, over and over again, like wait a few months or whatever. But it's like that way you look like you're always doing something cool, even if it was the same like podcast interview from like, you know, a year and a half ago. No, absolutely. Only 10 percent of people see a feed at any given point. So if I post something, only 10% of my followers are going to see it. So you need to have that repetition and repeat it in a different way. So if you had a thing, you can do a straightforward post about that thing. Then later on, you can do a post celebrating that thing with your family. And that's another post about the same thing, but in a different way. And I, you know, I, I, I think you're right about that. And if you're coming to guesting and content creation from the standpoint of how do I bring value and how do I educate and how do I serve people instead of this is an ad for me? Because if you're coming from the place of this is an ad for me, of course, you're going to feel weird sharing it because that's an ad for you. But if you're coming from the place of I'm a guest on a podcast and I'm bringing my expertise and I'm really educating you for 96% of the time and I'm only promoting my business for 4% of the time, you don't feel so weird. You don't feel so icky. And then people know, hey, she seemed smart. She seemed nice. She seemed cool. I'm going to message her. She seemed really likable. She seemed really normal. Like, and I think that's the point when you're creating content and you're creating topics to be a guest on a podcast that you really love talking about, that you really love teaching and you really love helping people learn about or, or your product. You really believe that your product is going to change someone's life. And you're talking about that. That's way different than, oh, everybody watch this little ad for my business. It's like, nobody wants to watch that. Yeah. 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 But I know some people listening want to learn more about you. They want to see how they can potentially partner with you. So what's the best way to make that happen? Thank you so much. So I do one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and I offer workshops as well to corporations. Um, And I have a free download that you can grab at Kim Rittberg, R-I-T-T-B-E-R-G. That's my website, KimRittberg.com. I'm on social, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. And I have a free download that is great for the listeners. It's 10 tips to make magnetic video that grows your revenue. And I have a bonus one, how to be confident on camera and when public speaking. So those are absolutely free downloads. You can grab them at kimrittberg.com and say hi, say Terry sent me. Um, You know, I'm a big fan of Terry Rice. So anyone who's a fan of Terry Rice's is a friend of mine. Oh, awesome. Cam, well, thank you for this. We have to get together in person soon. Uh, I know. I can't believe we're not doing this. I can't believe we're not doing this in person. We live like a mile and a half from each other. I didn't think about that until just now. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) next time. But thank you very much. It's been great. And uh, we'll, we'll chat again soon. Thank you. Apply what you've learned on today's show. You'll find the show notes and more resources at terryrice.co backslash podcast. Again, that's terryrice.co backslash podcast. And the best way to support this podcast is by subscribing, telling a friend and leaving a review. Also, you can get more tips by following me on Instagram at it's Terry Rice or follow me on LinkedIn. This episode was produced by Josh Wilcox of Brooklyn Podcasting Studio and edited by Dan Lardy. Special thanks to my wife, Dominique, for keeping our kids relatively quiet as I recorded. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time.